Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Crane Kick Commentaries. As always, my name is Jack Domastro, and I am joined by my very good friend, Keaton Byer. Hello, Keaton. Hello. How's it going? Not too bad. Not too bad. What do we got to cover today, Keaton? Well, we are doing our, uh, uh, we're back, and we are doing our part dose of, um, I almost said office space. I'm a little turnaround here, apparently. No, we're doing the general part two, um, where we're actually going to talk about the production of the film, um, as well as a little bit, I don't know, like how the how did they shoot it section's going to work. I actually have some interesting things to say about it. Sweet. I was going to say, I don't know how it's going to work, but like, yeah, it's, it's going to be different for this film for obvious reasons than it normally is. Obviously, I think it was shot on film. Yes. That goes without <laughs> saying. <laughs> um, but yeah. And then obviously we, we will probably have a bit of Trek, but we will get to all of that, all of that, Right now, I guess, yeah. Yeah. All right. So, uh, so where where we sort of left off was, um, uh, Butcher Keaton had come up with the idea for this movie. He based it on a book, and uh, basically was just getting set up to uh, to shoot the film. Yeah. So they found uh, an awesome line in Oregon, train line, which was a pretty lucky thing, I think. <laughs> Like, yeah. I guess there's probably a lot of little abandoned train lines in the U.S. Yeah, maybe. But I don't think it was abandoned. Like, I think it was partially in use. Okay. From what I understand is, like, according to the book, which once again, I will I will mention the book that especially, like, a lot of part one was taken from that book, but a lot of part two uh, comes from the book. Buster Keaton, Cut to the Chase by Marion Mead. Um, so that's that's got some... It's a... It's, I, I haven't read the whole thing, but the chapters I read um, have some very... some interesting information. Again, I want to mention again, I don't necessarily know how accurate all of it is, because I think a lot of it comes from Buster Keaton himself. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, she does have some other sources like she like there's definitely like research in there like it's not just like total speculation right. like it is a good like well written piece of work i mean it's just a lot of the actual information that buster Ke- that is out there comes from buster keaton and he is not necessarily the most reliable necessarily i mean he's not proven to be a liar i don't think no but no i mean <laughs> but he seems to exaggerate yeah I would say that that's fair. Um, the location manager. I just want to mention his name again because he he has like such like an early Hollywood name. I know this wasn't Hollywood. Yeah. This was New York, but his name is. Well, no, they were back. They were in Hollywood at this point. Oh, were they? Yes. Oh, uh, well, yeah. I'm right, just saying right, at the right. beginning of his career, it, yeah. it was New York. Yeah, but at this point, right, right, right. Yeah. Um, Bert Jackson. Burt Jackson, the location yeah, manager. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, so this railroad, they had two Civil War era locomotives that mm-hmm. um, they were going to rent for the production or buy. I don't know exactly how that how that worked, but they were going to use these two mm-hmm. locomotives. But they they uh well, presumably, as we will talk about later, they would have had to buy one of them. <laughs> yes, they cannot. Yes. Yes. Um, we will talk about that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so... But Buster's first step in the production uh, was that he attempted to, quote-unquote, borrow um, the actual real and true general locomotive from the Chattanooga Museum. So as we discussed last episode... The general is a real locomotive. Uh, yes, that took part in a very real daring locomotive chase. Yes, indeed. Uh, however, they they did not allow this, correct? <laughs> well, initially they obliged. Really, they quickly rescinded their offer um, after there were some complaints 
about the plans to make the movie. Like apparently people complained to the museum and it came to the museum's attention that Buster's film was going to be a comedy. And they thought that that was... Wait, so had they started filming yet? No, no. Okay, so they never actually used it in any of the No, shows. no, no. It was it was all yeah. pre-production right. at that point. So they didn't they didn't let him use it because it was a comedy. Basically, they and they didn't. They thought it would be right, disrespectful. Okay. okay. They thought it. I mean, I don't. I don't fully blame them for their decision not to uh, let him use it, but that wouldn't have been my reasoning. No, not at all. <laughs> like if if you had ever seen a Buster Keaton film, I think your immediate reaction would be no. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. Like, is that they hadn't seen any of his <laughs> other films? Because it's like this is a this is a one of a kind historical uh, item. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and the, the this is that's the general from. Yeah. You wouldn't want it to be involved in any sort of dangerous stunts or anything, would you? <laughs> no. <laughs> and as we will learn, there were some dangerous stunts. I mean, if you've seen Many. the movie, you know. Yeah, you you've seen it. Everything, yeah, everything you saw on the screen was real. <laughs> yeah, basically, like as real as it could be. Yeah. I'm just trying to think if there was anything, anything except for the lightning. Yeah. The lightning was fake. Um, but yeah, so so Buster decided to uh. He just just go with the regular locomotives that that were being provided to him, and on top of that, he bought a third one, um, right, to be the Texas, and yeah. So so like I was saying, how Buster uh, Keaton was like super into making everything very real. Yeah, he, he really damn tried his best, you know, trying to get the actual fucking train. He he tried his damnedest. Yeah, but it wasn't to be. But yeah, that was that was something about him. Apparently, yeah, we kind of touched on that last episode. But just the fact that he he was super into making it as accurate as possible, especially visually. And it was like said that like stills from the movie, especially like the Civil War, like costumes and the Civil War uh, reenactment bit, are like you could mistake them for real photographs from the Civil War because of like the attention to detail. Mm-hmm surprising amount of detail paid to that um yeah definitely but i mean i guess he is clearly very detail oriented in a lot of other ways as well yeah so basically you you posed an excellent question basically i was wondering having seen this film and knowing that it was all 100 percent real how did Buster Keaton survive the making of this movie? Who the fuck knows? Do let's talk about the stunts, some of the stunts that he does in this movie. Like, okay, sure. What's the most? <laughs> Which one did you want to start with? I think. What do you think the most dangerous one was? I don't know. Maybe the one where he's like <laughs> on the front of the train. That's the one that I would I would think is the most dangerous. Yeah. He's on the what do you the cow plow or whatever. Yeah, the cow catcher, is it called? Yeah, he's he's clinging to the front of that. For for uh, that's the uh, cat. That's this is a word that I learned while <laughs> researching oh, this really? movie. <laughs> yeah, I'd never heard of that before. Which word? I knew I've seen like I know what it is, but like it's it's basically that pointy thing on the front of the train. Oh, the cow catcher. Yeah, yeah. I I yeah. had heard that before. It's pretty gruesome why it's named that. I mean, it's pretty clear. It's it's self-explanatory, I think, but um. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, cowcatcher. For those of you who don't know, it's uh, it's the pointy thing on the front of a train. Yep, pointy thing for catching them cows. Yeah, but yeah, so he's like, yeah, it's when he's like sitting on that, and he and he like runs ahead and picks up the beam, and then he falls back onto it. It's like if he slips at all, yeah. he's getting crushed by a train. You know, if he mistimes it, the train like there's possibly a train. I don't think it could get derailed, but. Regardless, yeah. you're sitting on the front of a moving train. Yeah, and given all the other accidents that happened while making this movie, I'm surprised that he didn't make any mistakes while doing the really, really lethal things. Well, that's the thing. Is it seems like... Because like, mostly the lethal things were just him. Also, I wanted to point out, I kind of noticed this for the first time. Like, I've seen this movie tons and tons and tons of times. But... yeah. Um, at you know at the very end when he's being like awarded 
like when he turns in the 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 Union general as like a a, a POW, and he's like yeah, yeah, yeah. There, and his gun goes off. Yeah, it looks like he that was a, it looks like he actually shot a bullet into the ground there. Yeah, because if you look at the ground, like where it was pointing, it's clearly massively disturbed. Like I think he actually shot a bullet into the ground. Like I don't know how blanks work, so they might have. Ye- well, enough. Yeah, of a I don't know. Maybe a blank would be enough to do that because it is still firing all the force to the thing. Yeah, right? Like, yeah, exactly. There is still. I don't know. I'm not a firearms expert, but um, to a degree. But yeah, just, yeah. I don't know. But that, yeah, still. But yes. So the one of the other things we talked about was uh, uh, uh the budget in the first episode. Yeah. Was uh obscenely high um mm-hmm. and i think there's a quote here from marion mead's book here that kind of puts that a bit into perspective if you want to read uh this next bit here according to the united artists press release at one time there were about three thousand people on the payroll while this sounds like an exaggeration there is no doubt that keaton's recreation of the civil war was adding up to a fortune <laughs> Uh, cost of production time was estimated to be about $400 an hour. Jesus Christ. Yep. <laughs> now, mind you, $400 an hour doesn't... I mean, that's a lot, but that does, that's not that much by uh, Hollywood. Uh... It's really nothing by Hollywood standards, actually, now. Now, no. Yeah. But... But, yeah, at the time. 1926, that was pretty insane. yeah. It goes on to say, uh, by midsummer, the picture uh, business was buzzing with rumors that the general's costs had passed a half million dollars and now might even total one million. A shocking amount for a comedy. Uh, word traveled that Keaton was completely out of control. Unable to find a suitable bridge for the highlight of the film, he decided to build one. I mean... So we should probably talk about what the uh, the highlight of the film was. Yes, that they're talking go, about. Go ahead, enlighten and, us. And that is the scene where they blow up a, they destroy a train on a bridge. They destroy a bridge, and a train falls off of it, and subsequently also gets destroyed. Yeah, they both get destroyed. Now, naturally, because you know Buster Keaton was a stickler for realism. Yeah, you know, quite a stickler. This had to be done with a full-size train on a full-size bridge. No, it wouldn't look good with miniatures. I know, no, none of that shit. You couldn't have guys in the foreground. Exactly. I mean, you could, but it wouldn't look to, as good. Yeah. So, I mean, naturally, I, of course, he would have had to build his own bridge. Oh yeah. What is he gonna blow up? <laughs> some other bridge that somebody built? Yeah, he's got to Yeah, you can't just blow up someone's bridge. You got to build a bridge if you're. That's just. That's just polite. Yeah, that's like <laughs> if you're gonna blow up a bridge, you might as well build one. You build it yourself, yeah, right? Exactly. And anyway, so uh, this this one shot uh cost forty two thousand dollars in nineteen twenty six dollars. Which adjusted for inflation is about six hundred twenty-eight thousand dollars today, just for the that single shot. Yeah, and uh, and, about, and it's about what eight seconds. Yeah, about eight seconds. Yeah, uh, and they only were able to shoot it once, I presume. Oh yeah, that's a one take shot. Yeah, and that also makes it the most expensive shot in a silent film of all time. Yeah, it makes sense. Like. There's so much going on in it that adds up to that. <laughs> like, the building yeah. of the bridge, the destroying of the train that you have to buy. Like, the fact of how many people were on set during that scene. Yeah. Also, he wanted to just make sure he got the right shot, so he had six cameras <laughs> all filming it. Yeah, and there was, a, what, an explosion expert as well. Six cameras. Yeah. Um Oh, yeah, and people, like, the people thought, because it was, like, a whole event, right? Because it was yeah. going to be, like, the whole town that they were filming came out to watch the train. This is the climax of the film. Yeah. This is, uh... And uh, we should have mentioned a bit, but, like, this production, as you said, um, was, what, 3,000 people. 
So, yeah. and they were filming in these like tiny Oregon towns. Like they were on location, like those tiny towns, even that place that like, you know, where he uh, signed up for where he enlisted, like mm-hmm. that's on location. So these like yeah. tiny little railroad towns. So 3,000 people roll in. It's like, this is, this is the town's new economy for the foreseeable future. I know, exactly. <laughs> so, like, apparently, yeah, they, like, like the, the towns in the area did use the railroad, but they didn't care that it was shut down because everybody, again, was, like, absorbed into the economy of this, right. of this film. So the whole point of uh, of that was that like this was the as you say the climax so so the whole town came out yeah. to watch it but the uh the dummies that they put in the train were so lifelike that people thought that it was real that people were actually in the train and they started screaming <laughs> and there was all this commotion because people thought that someone like yeah it didn't go well initially right i'm wondering how they I guess they rigged the train to like just go on its own. Yeah, probably. Which yeah. is uh, begs the question even further: Why did they need an engineer initially to steal that train in part one? Well, I don't know. They didn't have the fucking technology that they had when they were making this movie. <laughs> it's the same engine. It's a Civil War era engine. It's the same technology. No, but they they modified it using advanced nineteen oh, right, twenties right, right, technology. Right, right. Yeah, you know, right. I'm sure. It's like how you know? yeah, in today's films when they have like an old fashioned car, the insides aren't old fashioned. Yeah, I mean, I I honestly don't know, but I mean, presumably they uh, they rigged it in some ways so that you didn't have to have a person in there. Yeah. So so this is um from the from the Marion Mead book um the engineer who started the Texas rolling leaped down leaving behind a dummy at the throttle the timbers of the bridge oh oh so they didn't they literally just had him jump off yeah <laughs> that sounds so fucking stupid yeah leaving a dummy at the <laughs> throttle the timbers of the bridge had been partly sawed and when the dynamite charge went off <laughs> The bridge snapped in half. The engine dropped. Okay, this is a bit bit dramatic. How did writing. nobody die? I don't know. <laughs> the engine dropped into a twisted steaming yeah, twisted steaming pile in the river. Because the dummy looked so lifelike, spectators began screaming. The crash set off the train whistle, which continued to screech. Afterwards <laughs> it sounds like chaos. Uh, yeah. Afterward, Keaton posed for still photos standing on the wreckage. He was "quote unquote" happy as a kid. Reported the Cottage Grove Sentinel. <laughs> so Jeez. sounds like he was having a grand old time because he's literally just playing with trains, and then he just gets to blow up his yeah, train. fucking massive full size trains. <laughs> uh, it was also a climax in more ways than one. Yeah. I don't know if you know what I'm getting at here. But the scene with the Civil War uh, 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 reenactment, which was the same, the same shoot. Yeah, yeah. Something broke out that was a little thing that plagued this film. Oh, yes. Uh, (laughs) From the start to the end. Constant. Are you, are you talking about the uh the fires? <laughs> yeah, I'm talking about the fact that everything in this film was constantly on fire apparently. Uh no unions, huh? No, also just yeah, no <laughs> nobody's fucking concerned with anybody's safety apparently. <laughs> yeah, so not only did they cause fires uh like on set, but Oftentimes, the fires would spread to nearby farmers' fields or forests. <laughs> yeah, well, if you look at the like, the one shot, for example, where like uh, at the end where they like shoot the uh, uh, the wheel out from the train with the cannon. Yeah, like they they actually blow up the wheel of a boxcar. Um, yep. And you can just see that there's like just dry grass around and like the wheel is just like on fire. It's like, yeah, no shit fires broke out. <laughs> like they took no effort to 
like fireproof the yeah exactly uh at one point they uh um a set of farmers haystacks on fire yeah and uh naturally the farmer was none too happy about this oh yeah haystacks are important they serve a purpose so, if you're uh, a farmer i'm not sure what it is but hiding needles, what haystacks think, it's yeah. to no it's to feed animals isn't it well, hay is to feed animals but like a haystack i guess that's dries out the hay right yeah i i, I don't know i'm not a farmer it serves a functional purpose the stack of hay <laughs> but anyway um they ended up having to compensate the farmer $25 per haystack which is i don't know a lot of money i mean that's at the time that's not if you $25 for a haystack seems like yeah seems like a lot but Clear, uh, assumedly they burned a lot of haystacks considering that it's mentioned yeah. in this book <laughs> uh there yeah there was over a dozen forest fires uh, oh my god s- several which have uh shut down actual shut down the film one of them cost over fifty thousand dollars to the production Holy and shit. caused so much smoke that uh the crew was forced to shut down and return to la Jesus Christ. Yeah, because they just couldn't film. <laughs> like Jesus Christ. That might have been the la- that like final. Yeah, I think that was during the final battle scene. Like cuz it sounds like the fire that broke out there was like the biggest one yet. Yeah. <laughs> um maybe that was from the cannons. Yeah. I mean so they also playing like all these soldiers, they had like the national guard uh come mm-hmm. in as extras which is really weird <laughs> but I, I think that happens actually quite often in, in films oh really i guess yeah. it kind of makes sense well yeah because the national guard most of the time doesn't have much to do <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean that's what they're there for though can't blame yeah. them for that they're guarding the nation yeah exactly <laughs> they're on guard exactly uh but yeah so they to, to film the uh they didn't have quite enough people i guess for this reenactment really? yeah, yeah at once at one time i don't know I, as you say there was like three thousand people at one time on the payroll that might have not been at this point obviously um what they said was that they would have they would shoot all the guys charging on one end and then they would all switch costumes oh they would switch to the <laughs> yeah that's and funny then charge the other way <laughs> Yeah, I guess you couldn't fit them all on uh, all in one shot anyway. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> so that's Double the amount good. of guys. But that's again, that's what I was mentioning to you or, or in in episode one, right? So, yeah. Like the the Civil War aspect of this movie is not that important yet. It's such an accurate Civil War. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's it's like they put a lot of effort into like a section of the movie that is both not very long and like yeah, not particularly isn't particularly important. Like it is consequential if you consider like I guess the thing is like at the time and in Buster Keaton's mind. Yeah. I guess I'm speculating obviously. Again, we haven't dug his corpse up yet, so I don't know what's in there. Yeah, we will. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, we'll get in. We'll get in that skull. But um, I guess for the story, it is super important if right. you consider the story to be important. I would consider the story to be more important if it made more sense. Yeah, like it feels like it's a huge character development. This is where the whole comedy drama element doesn't mix very yeah. well. Yeah. Well, okay, so it seems like he put in a lot of effort into the story and then didn't do a very good job of making it come across. Exactly. Like, exactly. It's like there's a lot of detail there. It's just you really got to... You really got to look for it, you know? And like, like, exactly, because I just... When I was a kid, I just skipped through all that. Yeah, you just watched the train scenes because that's the whole fucking yeah. point, right? Anyway, so just to sort of sum up the production of this film, like, it seems like uh, Buster Keaton had a lot of fun. Yeah, it seems like he he enjoyed himself. He went off. But nobody, 
the people sort of uh, a little bit removed from him did not. <laughs> yeah. In fact, it was considered to be a bit of a disaster by some people. Yeah. So, uh, what was his name? Uh, Shank? Joseph, Joseph Shank, Shank. So, Joseph Shank... Uh, pretty upset with the whole operation. Pretty upset with the whole operation. He, he uh, the, the book, uh, the book says, uh, Shank went on the warpath, trying to rein in a runaway production. Keaton, struggling to get the shots that he wanted, seemed supremely indifferent to Shank's concern. <laughs> he had major aggravations of his own. From the start, uh, the production was plagued by accidents, and the field <laughs> hospital kept humming. Keaton himself was knocked unconscious when he stood too close to a firing Jesus cannon. Christ. And the director's and the assistant director Harry Barnes was shot in the face with a blank cartridge. Oh my god. One of the train wheels ran over a brakeman's foot, which led to a negligence complaint and a $2900 oh lawsuit. Oh my god. That imagine if that happened yeah. today, that would be uh, a lot more. I mean, obviously it's inflation. It would not be $2900. Yeah, it would be I, a lot more. Money. And also the movie would probably be completely fucking shut down yes uh, absolutely <laughs> they would not get past that that's fucking hilarious i find like obviously there's a lot of problematic shit yeah. if you want to think about it like that but the fact that it happened in 1926 i find it's a lot easier to just laugh it at was it. the fucking wild west back then <laughs> exactly it's so much easier to just fucking laugh at it than it is when we're doing like a movie from the 90s or something i know yeah it's like this is a fucking circus yeah like a wild fucking west. yeah you know honestly like it was the wild fucking west <laughs> like Oh man. But yeah, um from what I understand, like this was the last movie that sort of Buster and Keaton got to do whatever he wanted with. But yeah, basically like the Shank, the guy who was funding Buster Keaton Productions, which was his kind of offshoot of United Artists, was his basically like his no hold barred or whatever, like here's your here's your yeah. money go make us a bunch of movies. Yeah, sort of from then on, they took a more active role in sort of making sure things didn't get out of control yeah, like they did here. Exactly. They <laughs> did not give him the reins in the same way ever again. Yeah. And, you know... Which I don't really blame them for. <laughs> no, it sounds like it was a bit of a disaster and considering that how they didn't make nearly as much money as they had hoped or had wanted to. And... Yeah. At the time, the critics kind of panned it. They didn't get it, man. So, so can we read what the uh, what some of the critics said? Yeah, Variety reported of a theater in which it played, quote unquote, after four weeks of record business with Flesh and the Devil, looks as though it were virtually going to starve to death this week. It goes on to say that the general is far from funny and that it is a flop. Jeez. <laughs> The Los Angeles Times said that uh, the picture is neither straight comedy nor is it altogether a thrilling drama. I could agree with that statement. Yeah. Um, and goes on to say that the picture drags terribly with a long and lonesome, sorry, a long and tiresome chase of one engine by another. What do you want? Who is this? That's the whole movie. Who is this? Like, what do you want from a movie? That's so exciting. Like, literally, what do you want in 1926? How could it be better? <laughs> I'm so pissed off at this writer. Like, seriously. The New York Herald Tribune said, uh, it was long and tedious, the least funny thing Buster Keaton has ever done. Wow. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, these are some harsh <laughs> reviews. Like, I get that it was a bit... It didn't really know what it was. Yeah. I also think sort of at this, like at the time, like I think people were sort of a bit, a bit tired of this kind of film. Yeah. Yeah. Like they'd probably seen this all before, you know? Yeah. His bits were a bit tired. His, uh, uh, his shtick was wearing thin. Yeah. And just the, sh the shtick of silent films. And cause as you, as you've mentioned, I believe last episode, Maybe it was this episode. Yeah, so this is towards the end of the silent era. Yeah. So, and his shtick is is supreme silent era. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, uh, obviously, I guess this 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 film has aged a bit better than you know people thought of it at the time. But um, yeah, this is this is considered by many 
to be uh, one of the all-time classics of the silent era. <laughs> Which is such a turn. It's like, ugh. It's such a turnaround, it's yeah. It's so annoying when that happens. What do you mean? <laughs> just like when it's... At the time, it's it it flops. And then yeah, it's just ah, come on, appreciate it. I know exactly. <laughs> I mean, I get why. I get it. I I understand like where they're coming from. To be honest, yeah, they're. But I do think that like those fucking train sequences, man. It's just an achievement. How can you not appreciate it's just that an shit? Achievement. I don't know. I know exactly. It's like there's so um, many actual issues with it, but yeah. So. I think that that sort of wraps up that sort of section about it. Uh, what do we want to do next? Well, I think kind of an offshoot of the production Yeah, is I mentioned at the top of the episode that we were going to take a look at the our new segment, which again still has his, How did they shoot has it? his training wheels on, but they're coming off now, I think. I think yeah. it's... it's Yeah, I think, I, think, I think we're getting into it. Yeah. Uh... So let's let's talk about how they shot yes. it. Yes. So this is the segment where we we talk about exactly how they shot it. Keaton tries to guess if there is anything interesting about the way they shot it. Any uh yeah, the first tries to guess the uh, the process. Uh, more recent films will be mainly focusing on like whether or not it was film or digital. Yeah, but I think it's obvious here that you know <laughs> it was on film. Yes, and then then this at least it should be exactly it should be obvious that it was on film. Um, I don't know what the alternative is. Uh, there is no al- wax <laughs> wax disc. I I can you? I don't know how you could. You could. There are ways you could do it. <laughs> yeah, it would be uh, a tedious process, I think, getting uh, video footage out of a wax disc. Well, I mean, this is a bit of an aside, but you know the Voyager record? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it actually has pictures on it. Yeah. So you could put pictures on the on the wax cylinder in the same way oh that's that's sick i'm gonna spare you the uh the explanation of how that works because i think we have other stuff to cover yes we do we do so but that is interesting um but yeah unfortunately i i can't i stumbled across during my research yeah i mean although i think what you did find here is is i i i, I should think is pretty straightforward yeah, exactly. And hopefully obvious, yeah. yeah. The 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 uh the first thing though was the uh the cameras and I want I was wondering if you what you thought about that. Basically uh they used pretty much the standard camera of the age. Right. Which was well, in Hollywood generally they were uh Bell and Howell was the pretty much the only game in town at this time. Right. Although uh Later on, they had uh, Mitchell cameras, but uh, uh, one of the interesting things about these cameras, though, is that you could not see what you were filming. <laughs> what? There's no view so, finder at all. So there was a view scope. There was a view, but you couldn't look through it while you were filming. So you could line up your shot. So what you would do is you'd line up your shot. You basically had a viewfinder that could look through the lens. Or you could have the camera in front of the lens, but you couldn't do both. <laughs> so you had to literally shoot with the camera. So you had to look through the, 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 the lens with your viewfinder, set up your shot, and then you turn a lever which, which rolls the camera over in front of the, in front of the, the, the lens <laughs> so that you could start filming. That's so weird. That's awesome. Yeah. Um... So, yeah, later cameras obviously fix this, uh, well, not obviously, but using uh, what's called a reflex mirror, which basically it, 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 between each frame, a mirror comes in, into the lens and, and, and sends it to the viewfinder. Okay. I was actually trying to figure yeah. out in my head how that worked, because I was just thinking, I don't actually... But they a... hadn't figured that, they hadn't figured out how that works yeah. yet. So as a result, like... Actually, most films, pretty much every film made at the time, they 
they were essentially just doing it all in their head. That's again, we're saying it really redefines, or rather, I guess it doesn't redefine. It defines how it defines at the time, but it's a totally different way of making movies. Totally. Yeah, definitely. Separate definitely. process to how they're made mm-hmm. now. So, um, I guess that that is a fairly important aspect, but that's that's not what I wanted to talk about. Okay. Did you notice anything odd about the way the movie looked? Did I notice anything odd? No. I don't think okay. so. So, so I'm going to ask you another question. Okay. In silent films, why does everybody wear such thick like white makeup on their face? Do you know? Because of the exposure and the lighting, it's easier to pick up contrasted like shades. Almost. You're so close. So uh this was shot on what is called orthochromatic film. Orthochromatic. Yes. Uh now that is film which is only sensitive to blue light. Interest interesting. So the giveaway for this is uh the Confederate flag, actually. <laughs> oh god! So you can see when they're carrying the Confederate flag, the Confederate flag looks black. Yeah, right. I see. Also, if you look in the sky, you will see there are no clouds. Oh, because it, it. That's it, because it. It's only sensitive to blue light, which means it can't tell the difference between blue and white. Okay. This is why people put so much face paint on their face because what is in everybody's face blood blood what color is blood red (laughs) what color does orthochromatic film not pick up red yes (laughs) so so basically essentially all of the the red parts of their face like near their eyes or around their mouth come out black would have looked they would come out black on the That's film. That's intense. So everybody would have looked like a fucking ghoul. Like a fucking zombie. Yeah. It, yeah, that's that's why everybody in old movies wears the... Such um, thick white. It's, it's not just because of the slow film. I did not know that. Interestingly, this is actually probably one of the last movies that was done using orthochromatic film because panchromatic film, which was invented around this time, Became very popular afterwards. And what does that mean? That's panchromatic film means it's it's sensitive to all colors of light. So it's similar to panavision. Well, no, actually, oh, no. <laughs> not no, at all. No. <laughs> I mean, I guess you could shoot panchromatic film in a panavision camera. But does pan come from the same? Is the pan related? Like pan means like all, like right. Like, like panchromatic is like all colors. And right? pan vision means all vision, right? Like panavision, yeah, I guess. I oh don't know. God. I don't know why oh they picked God. the name. Uh I noticed uh when I was watching this movie that it looked really good. Yeah, like it, it was, was super HD. Yeah, it was super HD. And like you don't often find a film from this era which has been preserved so well. No. And uh, I also noticed that, you know, uh, there was something about it that seemed very, like, substantial and sort of lifelike. That is because this movie was shot at 24 frames per second. Right. Well, I was going to say, which, it doesn't, like, the movement seems a bit more natural and smoother. It, it, it's smoother than most, than most yeah. silent films. Because, like, 24 frames per second, obviously, that's... That's the standard frame rate that most movies are done at. So that doesn't seem particularly notable now. But at the time, and for example, when we're talking about Nosferatu, and we were talking about the uh, the speed differences, <laughs> that movie was shot at 18 frames per second, which is noticeably more jerky and yeah, less smooth. Weird. Looks weird. Which works in that film. Which does work in that film. But yeah, uh, so... I just thought that was interesting that, that this is, is a silent movie that I shot at 24 frames per second. I did notice that actually, like now that you mention it, like it did kind of, it seems slightly smoother and more natural than a lot of yeah. 
which kind of adds to his uh his physical... it adds to the stunts man yeah exactly I mean, <laughs> it seemed way more intense exactly yeah um it makes it seem way more believable <laughs> and real exactly exactly yeah so naturally although um that would have cost him more money though because you know more frames means more foam right obviously yes of course and yeah. I believe he edited this film because I think yeah. he edit, edited it. Well, I'm bad at saying that word. Most of his films. Right. Okay. That's pretty cool. I mean, mm. I feel like he it might not be that difficult because it seems like he did a lot of things in just one take. <laughs> because if he didn't, then it would have been. <laughs> it, you would have died. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if he didn't do it correctly the first time, he'd be dead. There'd be no film to edit. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> he'd be dead. So yeah, that's uh, there were some somewhat interesting things about this movie. That's uh, pretty cool. I didn't know that about the the white paint and the the yeah the makeup. That's actually that's interesting. So if you ever hear somebody say like, "Oh, it was because you know the film was so slow," you can well, be now like, you can, "Actually, you can, be, you, can be, you can be like a well, actually kind of person." <laughs> It's because of orthochromatic film. <laughs> Ortho. Have you ever heard of something called orthochromatic film? Yeah. <laughs> you can be really fun at parties now. Yeah, exactly. Actually, if if anybody uh if anybody is sufficiently, you know, uh interested and wants to like try out for themselves what this would have looked like, yeah. you can duplicate the effect of orthochromatic film by Taking a blue filter, oh really? And putting it in in front of your camera and shooting in black and white. Will that work with your phone camera? If you can, yeah. If you can put your camera in your phone camera in black and white, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, that's cool. And also, speaking of, uh, uh, um, if you, if if people don't want to talk to you at parties, um, come join us at our Discord server. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about orthographic film all night. <laughs> yeah. Also, uh, you can still buy orthochromatic film. Who makes it? Uh, a company called Ilford. You you can't buy it for motion picture use, but uh, you can buy it for still photography use. And uh, I might I might I might get some and try it out. Is there a reason why you'd want that? It looks kind of cool. <laughs> Gives you the feel of a of a of a nineteen twenties movie, I guess. Fucking photographers, man. <laughs> It looks kind of. It looks cool. It looks cool. I mean, yeah, I might, I might, I might try getting some. <laughs> try it out. See what it looks like. Yeah, I mean, it'd be interesting to see what it looks like. So that is that. That is how they shot it. Uh, hopefully, that was informative. That was. That was a good one. Uh, I'm liking this new. I. You know what? Training wheels are gone. This is an Training adult. Wheels are off. This is an this adult is a... segment now. We can ride a regular fucking ass bicycle. This is a big boy. <laughs> oh bicycle. wait, actually, there was one more. There was one more thing that you kind of. Uh, oh put yeah, because I just think this is. And I was actually wondering this when I was watching the, uh, the film. Yeah, just like the actual. Because I was thinking, so they they had a train, right? That they were filming. How did they track the train? Like there are plenty of shots where. The train is moving, but the camera is also moving, right? Yeah. They had a special car that was built... Like automobile car. Sorry? Like automobile car, not like train yeah, car. Yeah, exactly. Not a train car, yes. Yes, a special automobile uh, that could be driven along uh, next to the track. Um, and where there were two parallel tracks, they used a train, they used a, a railroad car that was tethered to the other train. Uh, it must have been a real pain in the ass to set up these shots. And yeah, they like, must have needed, like, a fucking engineer, like, on set to just, like, come up with these, like, things. Yeah, like, the timing and just... And how did nobody die? <laughs> yeah, like, one guy got his foot run over. Yeah. Was the worst and, thing that uh, happened. Uh, well, sorry, Buster got un- got knocked unconscious a yeah. couple times. I mean, it kind of goes without saying that he's gonna get injured at least once on his. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I totally forgot to mention earlier on yeah. in the in the uh, production segment is apparently they would like stop 
and like organize baseball games oh, yeah? all the time because like Buster Keaton was obsessed with baseball. Um, okay. <laughs> and like the town, the people of the town that they were like, you know, that they, they became the economy of. They apparently some some of them said that he was like he could have been a professional player. He was the best damn shortstop I ever saw. Right. <laughs> it's like really weird detail. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, you never know. Maybe that's maybe that's true. Maybe it's exaggerated. Who knows? Who knows? It's probably exaggerated. <laughs> Okay, so uh, Burt Haynes uh, is listed in the credits as photographed by, <laughs> photographed which I by. think is funny so. because um, it's uh, they didn't have the names for all the roles yet. He wasn't director of no, photography. Liked- it just said photographed by. Uh, also, Devereaux Jennings also listed as photographed by. Which is, uh, it's as you mentioned, a slightly more difficult task when you can't see what you're photographing. Yeah. I mean, they could see what they were photographing in the sense that it was but in not... front of them, but, like, you can't... You're not actually seeing the thing that's going to be on the film. Yes. Yeah. Precisely. Moving on, I think that's... I think we only have one segment, or two segments left, actually. Yes, well, we've got a, we've got a, a, a fun segment... And then a uh, culminative segment remaining. So let's jump into the fun segment. Uh, are you talking about this segment? Welcome to... Uh, six degrees of Star Trek. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome. This is a uh, it's gonna be a weird one. Yeah. Um. So this is the segment where we find connections between this film and Star Trek, and all the screen incarnations of Star Trek. Yeah. Um. So basically, this just based on its age was difficult <laughs> yeah when was the uh but the original series 60 1966 so 1969 i believe that's um 40 year difference yes but at least this movie is an american movie which makes <laughs> it a little bit easier that's a good point the uh nosferatu was also nosferatu was and it was German 10 years movie. earlier too wasn't it no it About. was around the same it, it was four years earlier oh okay so it was around, the same, around the same time then. Yeah. It just looked older because it was made in Germany and I guess the, their equipment wasn't as good. They didn't have all that sweet, sweet Edison equipment. Yeah, exactly. Um anyway, so uh I guess we'll we will do this in decreasing order of uh connection distance. Gotcha. I gotcha, yeah. Like leading up to the the closest yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll end with the shortest path. Right, okay, gotcha, yeah. So, okay, first, uh, how many degrees is this? We got one. This is a three degree. That's shockingly small. This is the longest one. Wow, okay. Lay it on me. So, uh, we start with Buster Keaton. Okay, naturally. Who was in the film, It's a Mad, Mad, Mad World. Mad, mad world. When was that? Uh, sorry, th- that was in the 60s. What uh, year was it? 1963, so very late in Buster's yes. career. He died in 66, as we, as we found out. He died in 66. So in that movie was a man named Don Knotts. <laughs> oh, yeah. And Don Knotts was in Chicken Little. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking right he was. You know who else was in Chicken Little? Uh, Jean-Luc Picard was in goddamn Chicken Little. Patrick fucking Stewart. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, that's a good movie. I've not actually seen Chicken Little, but uh, I think... I think it's been a it's been a connection before. We've, talked, we, we've touched on it before. It's a Zach Braff vehicle, I believe, two thousand six. Great film. Yeah. Um. 
Now, the thing is, like, there's actually a lot of three degrees that I could do. Right, because the, the six, he, I forgot, he made movies in the 60s. It's like a... He made, like, a few, yeah. But go on. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead with uh, Marion Mack, who is the leading lady of this film. Yes, who we have not really t- talked about at all, but... No, I mean, perhaps we should have, actually, because she actually has a pretty interesting career. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I guess I didn't talk about, like, her, because her involvement in the film isn't actually that interesting. Like, she's interesting, it's true, but... yes. So her relationship to the film is not particularly interesting. No. And apparently, like, Buster Keen kind of, like, I guess the most interesting thing is that he basically, like, was super shy and, like, didn't talk to her very much at all until the very end. And that's, like, the only thing of real note, you know, yeah. from her. But, yeah. She was she was making a lot of money beforehand, though. She was, like, a... Yeah. No, no. She had... Uh... Also, she was writing a lot of films. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. She was. In fact... Uh, the film that we're going to talk about, or the film that she is connected through, is a semi-autobiographical movie about her. That's awesome. What's it called? Yeah, it's called Mary of the Movies in 1923. Uh, it is based on the curve uh, Mary and Mac, and it was written by Mary and Mac. And when did it come out? 1923. It came out, 19, it came out before... The yeah. general. Yeah. How old was she? I don't actually know. What, um, what is the, how did she have a career to make a movie about three years before this movie? I'm so confused. Um, yeah. I'm not I'm not exactly sure. <laughs> like what is this movie about? <laughs> it's um, an autobiographical movie. It says under the plot, uh Mary, a country girl, moves to Hollywood to become a star and earn money to pay for her brother's operation. She meets many famous stars, but has difficulty getting work. Finally, she gets a break when her resemblance to a star leads her to being cast in a film. (laughs) So I think maybe she wasn't famous at the time this movie came out. Right. But it was kind of like... Her big break. Yeah, but like, it was kind of... She came up with this idea, but it was just her life, basically. Right. That's that's interesting. I like that. I'm going to watch that yeah. movie. Yeah. Um, so anyway, also in that movie uh, was Carmel Myers. Okay. And she was also in a movie called Wonton Tun, The Dog Who Saved Hollywood. <laughs> Say that one more time. Wonton Tun or Wonton Tun? I, I don't know. Like Wonton Tun? Uh, one. W O N T O N T O N. Wonton Tun? I don't know. The dog who saved Hollywood. Oh, Wonton Tun? Oh, yeah. I think I've heard of that. Yeah. Wonton Tun? Wonton Tun? No, I'm thinking of Rin Tin Tin. Apparently, this is spoofing the, the, the craze surrounding Rin Tin Tin. <laughs> That's what I'm uh, It's notable for its large amount of cameo interference. Uh, Cameo appearances by actors and actresses from Hollywood's Golden Age. That's pretty fucking funny. <laughs> but anyway, um, also in this movie is uh, well, a bunch of people, but who we care about is Dean Stockwell, who we have mentioned before. That's, yes, because Dean Stockwell. He yes. was in Star Trek, <laughs> naturally, <laughs> in Star Trek Enterprise. He was in the 2002 yeah. e- episode of Star Trek Enterprise um, uh, called Detained. He played Colonel Gratt. Man, I love how close exactly. Star Trek is to everything. Fucking, the, the, I like how, and in this one, the second connection's even older than the, than the yeah, general. Yeah, exactly. I, I like that. Okay, so, so, but that's not the end of it. No. So, Buster Keaton, back to him. Okay. So, in 1965, he was in a TV movie called The Man Who Bought Paradise. Okay. Um, a TV movie called The Man Who Bought Paradise. 
Now, okay. I don't know what that movie is about, nor do I care. <laughs> okay, forget it. The point is, who else was in this movie? Man named Ray Walston. So this is a two Ray degrees. Ray Walston. Ray Walston, because Ray Walston has been in two episodes of Star Trek Voyager. Ah, <laughs> oh, yes! Which two episodes? Uh, the 1998 episode, In the Flesh, and the 1999 episode, The Fight. Both as the character Boothby. Boothby. So, do you remember the episode The Fight? It's the one where Chakotay is like uh, going crazy and he thinks he's a boxer. Oh, yes, that's such a sick fucking episode. I mean, it's not, but it is. I like that episode. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's. It's a silly it's episode. It's really weird. I love Chakotay episodes. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, wait, he was also in an episode of Star Trek The Next Generation as the same character. As the same character, yeah. okay. So it's a wow, it's a recurring. It was that which uh, season of uh, the next generation? A much earlier, so 1992 was uh, season five. Oh wow, so so there's a lot of uh... time in between. Yeah, he's only been in three episodes, but I believe that he's supposed to be the groundskeeper at Starfleet Academy. Oh, I totally remember yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If if memory serves me correct, you know, I have a lot of Star Trek facts in there. I don't know if I can keep them all yeah, straight. Yeah, there's a lot of. A lot of things bouncing around in there. It's a shock that anything <laughs> comes out yeah, exactly. in the right order. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so, but anyway, yeah, that is our closest connection, the closest I could find, at least. That was excellent. Because I believe that most of the people who were in, uh, who were in the actual film, The General, were dead by the time Star Trek started. Yeah, I would imagine <laughs> either dead or not in movies. Yeah, ex- dead or retired. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and no, and most of the people who were in Star Trek had not been born yet. Kind of fair that there's not really like maybe there is a one connection, but I doubt there's like a document. Yeah, I mean this one. Yeah, connection. this movie's really fucking old, man. Yeah. So anyway, uh, so that 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 about wraps up six degrees of Star Trek, and all I have on that front, yeah. we had three connections there, all very distant. That was good. No, they were, like I said, I think Star Trek is always right around the corner. It is really, yeah, you're right. You're 100% like, correct. The, the, I, I was expecting like four, five, even maybe a six degree, but you didn't even exceed three. No, no, I did not. And I, so. I bet you I could have come up with more twos if I really tried. <laughs> but yeah, I don't got time really, for that. <laughs> no, no, you'd have to dig through credits after credit after credit exactly i like the ones that i could just like pick them off from memory those are fun yeah yeah that's when you get to really like you know uh what's the word extol expound what's the word i'm looking for extol i think is the i don't know are you trying to say to to show off my star trek knowledge yeah but show off is a crass word right yeah (laughs) <laughs> it's an ugly word. It's an ugly word, sure. <laughs> but uh, anyway, perhaps we should uh, get into some final thoughts. Yeah, let's finish off the episode with our uh, with our last thoughts. Um, I think I went first last time, so y- you go first this time. Okay. So yeah, basically, I really enjoyed the. Um, I really enjoyed the action. It was all very good. There was yeah. uh, very impressive, I should say, and I also thought uh, a lot of the jokes were 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 still damn funny. Uh, yeah, and uh, I laughed out loud at several points during this movie. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. Alone, I I there was a guffaw too. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, you know, it's uh, it it does exactly what it is it was supposed to do, and damn, I think it does a good job at it. Uh, yeah. However, I think that <laughs> uh, you know. It's it's plot maybe somewhat lacking. <laughs> well, not the plot itself, but the the, the explanation the of the plot, conveyance I, the conveyance of the, of the plot. plot. Um, and and once again, I think this comes down to uh, you know Buster Keaton not wanting to put title cards in, perhaps you know maybe because he couldn't read them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's um, possible, yeah. But yeah. Yeah, no, definitely a real, real fun movie. Uh, it's a good time. Yeah, 
I enjoyed. Although, once again, a little bit of a hard to understand the plot and kind of weird stuff about the Confederacy. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit weird that you cheering for the Confederacy is a bit weird. I mean, you're not cheering for the Confederacy, obviously. Yeah, you're but cheering for Johnny Gray. For Johnny Gray, and he's not even like. He just seems like he's a nice guy. He just he just likes he just wants to drive his fucking train, okay? He just likes his train. Yeah, he has one love. Two loves. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think you're totally right. I think it kind of lulls only for the reason that the plot isn't exactly clear and it's not actually ever really made to be that important. Yeah. But it is like constantly it's captivating. The action is constantly captivating. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, I, I never got bored watching the movie. No. Yeah. Yeah, and, and yeah, as you say, the, the, it was just like, what was the the gag that I... I was trying to think which one made me guffaw specifically. Um, I don't know. There's a couple. I think it was the, the one where, like, he, like, looked up and the, and the, and the, the, the car wasn't there anymore. Yeah. Because it goes off like onto a different track, he like looks up, he like does a double take, like blinking. Yeah. <laughs> There's also like sort of the really early one where he sits down on the uh, on the train, like the, the 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 bar between the two wheels. I don't know what you call that thing. Oh, yeah. And then yeah, the yeah, train yeah. starts rolling away. Yeah, that's a great. Uh, that's such a dangerous bit, though. Oh yeah, he could have got killed so fast. Like yeah. <laughs> uh, also, uh, the. The bit where he initially also goes to chase after the train and, like, the car's not connected, so he just drives away without the back car and all, <laughs> yeah. the, the, all the troops are on it. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one, too. Oh, and then when he does, the, when he does the, the leap onto the bicycle, that's a good one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a lot of good... It's a funny movie. It, like, it is weird that it's got, like, it's a strange mixture of comedy and action, but it actually yeah. it, it, it does it's no, the it's, rush it, hour of its day. Exactly. But yeah, like the thi- like the action is funny, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's interesting. He he's just he just is so captivating at putting like, you know, bits and scenes together. Yeah. Like, just, like and, the canon and thing and like clearly fearless. Clearly fearless, yes. Like clearly <laughs> honestly beyond fearless. Like he might have had a death wish. Yeah. In this 10-year period. It's hard Jeez, to say. Yeah. What I would say is that uh, once again, this movie is in the public domain. Yes, you go can watch, watch it, it right now for free. for free. You have for no free. excuse. Go watch this movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Unless you don't have like I don't know how long is this movie an hour, an hour and a half to. Uh... Yeah, it's like an hour twenty minutes. Hour and twenty minutes. If you yeah. have an hour and twenty minutes to kill, which, let's be honest, you do, because, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> if, if you live in the same if you live world, in Ontario yeah you do um, if you live where we do when we do then yeah you got some fucking time to kill so go uh, watch so, the yeah, go watch the movie uh, <laughs> <laughs> if not also go do it cause you can yeah cause you can um, hope you enjoyed uh, we'll come back at you next week with a new film as always, follow us if follow you can, on... or you want to, if you want your updates. Yeah, and check out check out our new Discord, which yes. will be, give you links. It'll be on our social media. Check us out on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, etc. Et cetera. Actually, pretty much, I think that's it. <laughs> that's, that's all of them, yeah. We have, a, we have a website, WordPress. We do, we have a WordPress, so it'll be on there, too. Yeah. All right. Alright guys, uh Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Uh oh, and uh special shout out to our listeners in the Netherlands. So yeah, um hope hope you hope you enjoy listening to our podcast and we hope to see you back. Thank you very much. Yes, thank you. <laughs>